Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Hello and welcome into Smooth Operators, the first one of 2024. It feels like I haven't spoken to y'all since last year. Which is, which is the truth. It is the truth. Exactly the truth. Um, well, we're in the jumps, I think, a little bit. F1 is not racing. I'm Noah Phillips, Greg Blankenberg, Ben McClarkin. Join us right here from the Bradley Basin studio. And we got a good one for you today, despite no races going on. Oh boy, do we have a good one today. And gentlemen, it's good to be back. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. Ben, how are you feeling? Feeling good. Um, obviously, it's a little dreary today, but that shouldn't stop us from brightening up your afternoon with some F1 news and talk. And gentlemen, today marks the day. We are 50 days away from the first Grand Prix of the season in Bahrain, so it's gonna be there. It's gonna be here sooner than you think. But, I thought I was gonna lose it. But going back into this now, we already did our preview and stuff in the last episode, or our recap of everything of the season last episode, but. We got some breaking news, so we don't have to talk about liveries the entire time today. But the breaking news comes out of Fayetteville, North Carolina, with, um, sorry, no, Concord, North Carolina, my apologies, with Haas moving on from Gunter Steiner, the team principal there, for I believe the past, I think, 10 years. For the entire time the, the entire team has existed, yeah. The entire time Haas has existed. They, Gene Haas, the owner, announced they have moved on, and they have already hired a new. Um, Team principal. Let me see if I let me try to pronounce this name. Um, Ayo Kamatsu. Ayo Kamatsu. Yes, that's the boy Ben. There we go, Ben. Yeah, but yeah, Ayo Kamatsu will take over for Gunter Steiner leaving, and yeah, that's the big news going on in the F1 world. Sorry, Kannapolis, North Carolina. My apologies, but yes. Dang. So that's baseball. Same thing. North Carolina. Yeah. Like that big. North, uh, so Gunter Steiner is out. One of the best characters in the paddock now. Uh, there's all been all the memes out there about. Netflix shaking their fists and all that stuff, getting really mad since he was a big presence on Drive to Survive. But what are y'all's thoughts on this? Is this the right move for Haas since they've not had the greatest success in the past? No. Or would he more time? I'll let Ben go first then. Before I say any opinions about any of this, I would like to say that um, a lot of the problems within Haas – are not necessarily directly due to um, team issues, but due to the lack of proper funding from their owner, Gene Haas. Um, He's willing to let the team run around in the back. And even though they're the smallest team in F1, they also have overachieved in a lot of instances. But they're it's weird. The, The way Haas works is they do basically the bare minimum to be an F1 team. They buy 60% of their parts. Maybe it's like even 80%. It's it's a large they buy a large before I say statistics, I'll just say like they bar bu- they buy a large quantity of their parts from Ferrari um and engineer very little on their own. Um they don't receive any funding, virtually any funding for an F1 team. Um they run on the smallest budget. They are nowhere near the cost cap, and I, I think for any any team to be where they are right now is understandable and very believable, um, and I don't think that firing 
your main leadership is necessarily wise because they're the only people that got you to where you are, right? Haas has been around for, I guess, 10 years now, um, and they've seen mixed success. Their first year was their best year, but since then things have been steadily declining. And, And firing your chief leadership is not necessarily the best way to go. And it's not because he's underachieving. It's just because he didn't tell Gene Haas what he wanted to hear. I think is what it came down to. My theory is that um, Gene was like, do we need more money? And Gunther was like, yes, we've needed more money for a long time. And Kamatsu was like, we can make it work. And I think really that's kind of how it's been going. It seems as if it's kind of a yes man scenario. Um, And rewarding who agrees with the boss is how they have gone about deciding their leadership and not necessarily based off of who's the best candidate. Um, some things I want to add on to what you were saying, Ben. I remember when Haas. Okay, you're changing the lights on me. Um, I remember when Haas kind of had a big PR. I I guess it really wasn't a scandal, but it was kind of a bad look for them whenever uh, the uh, rich energy stuff was going on. Yeah, and <clears throat> Gunther Steiner has really been the guy ever since their inception to really man the ship and always be the face you could turn to, the captain yeah. of the ship, whatever you want to say it. But he has been fantastic at being the greatest character of F1, the greatest face for Haas. He's uh, undoubtedly somebody that has made the sport better, not only for Haas but for F1 as a whole. It's a true shame that they let him go because with this, I think Haas has completely and utterly – thrown their kind of brand away. They dropped the ball, man. They did drop the ball. I mean, people love the guy and they love Haas yeah. because of Gunther Stein. That's yeah. <clears throat> and talking about that, I mean, yeah, he had some bad seasons, but like again, you it's like you're giving someone like a screen door with to just go use as a boat. It's not yeah. going to work. You can stay on for like a couple seconds, but it's not going to work. No. But that's a good analogy. Thank you. I like that. Like, I just thought the Flex Seal commercials with that. Oh, yeah. Um, but the main <laughs> thing is, like, I said no with some of these. I was, I'm going to read them now. From Formula Racers underscore on X, Gene Haas insists there is uh, further investment is not needed. There's no reason why we are 10th. I can't understand how. With all the equipment and people we have. And then uh, a Twitter user at A Peretta, A-P-E-R-T-A on a X. Mm-hmm. Uh, the equipment in question. Going back to a Kevin Magnuson it's quote open. from 2022. Money and money again, Magnuson said when asked about Haas's poor pit stops. Our pit stop equipment, guns, jacks, lights, everything. Our tools are from 2016. It's 2022 now. They're just old. And I sent that to Noah. Wow. And then another one I sent to Noah by from uh, Motorsport originally said this. Gene Haas is embarrassed by his F1 team's poor form in recent years, saying it should be performing better given its close relationship to Ferrari. Well, think again there. Again, that's um, not how that's yeah. not how I, an F1 team works. I have, I have no interest in being 10th anymore. And then at engine mode 11 on X, Gene, you can't oh, taste the champagne on a lemonade budget. I, I love that because – I love engine mode 11. Dan's awesome. I love that because he's right, but he's also not right because winning in Formula 1 I don't think requires or is equivalent to champagne. I think it's more equivalent to Louis the Thirteenth cognac. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. Like the yeah. six, $7,000 bottles of cognac. Yes. Um. I think it's Mr. more like that, and Gene, and Gene was going out there with a well water budget. 
Yeah, instead like, of eliminate budget at all. Yeah, it's I mean, dude is dude is trying to pay city water and expecting to get like I don't know Voss. Yeah. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. And also, whatever money that the team has that that doesn't come from Gene comes came from Gunther landing those those uh, sponsorships, like with with uh, MoneyGram and MoneyGram, your Alkali, um, Aldi. one and one Aldi? Aldi. Yeah, they were doing like I think. Because that's German company. Yeah, 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 and, and like, there's there's a bunch of, uh, and you know, and Rich Energy was questionable, but you know, that's not that's not necessarily due to the behavior of the team. That's that's more of you know, an outside force. That's more about William's story making a shell company. It, but y- you know, my you see my point. Like he's gotten all of their major sponsorships, and and to throw that away is certainly going to be a blow to the team financially. I don't expect them to be I I think they had they stand a chance of being bought by Andretti um instead because they're going to go under. If they if they keep running like this, they will start losing a vast amount of money and they will move from North Carolina to Detroit, Michigan. No. I would love that. No. Yes. This is what this is what it takes to get the Detroit street circuit. Um <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but no, you probably bear this NASCAR. I mean, Gene Haas, big, big name in the NASCAR world. Do you think this has any <laughs> doing with really. like kind of his like thinking in NASCAR, where the thing is like everyone kind of technically has like the same just kind of like ground frame, like the Chevy engines, the Toyota cars, all this stuff. Does he think that's kind of how the same thing works with like buying the engine or buying parts? Is that kind of how he might still think about it? How it works? Yeah, because NASCAR is much more of a stock type of area where not as much uh, engineering is poured into the car. Obviously, NASCAR, there is still a lot of engineering, and they're figuring out ways to uh, fit, make the car go faster in very minuscule ways, but But it's not at all the same way. It's a lot more spec spec element. Yeah, That was the word I was looking for. And I want to say, too, that when when you take a spec element or when you take someone who has knowledge in a spec series, which is still respectable, and then tries to run an F1 team, which is completely bespoke for the top teams, and and saying that you don't that you are you're trying to build a spec car in a bespoke championship, and saying I don't know why we're not winning. Like, what? Who do you think? Who do you think wins? The people that build their car to fit their engine, to fit their transmission, to fit their suspension, to fit their aero. Like when you don't have any of those things except for the aero department, it really just limits your capacity as a team. And it, it, it's so ridiculous. I mean, it's laughable. And realistically with NASCAR, uh, Stewart comes first in that team yeah. name. Yeah. I think Tony Stewart has a lot bigger – of um, control about how that team operates. I think that's why yep. they just picked up Noah Gragson, or I always say his last name, I'm forgetting. Yeah. Um, but I think he has Tony there to really, really ramp up the race development and uh, make sure the drivers are getting everything they need and the car's getting everything in there. Um, as it is, I think, really, really – important in the NASCAR series to realize what Tony Stewart does, and I don't think he has anybody in the Formula One realm outside of what was Gunther Steiner. Yeah, that was Gunther Steiner's job. That was job. Gunther Steiner's job. 
Uh, should have been <laughs> and, and Steiner Haas Racing. But, yeah. Um, and now it's going to be Kamatsu, and you know, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll be great, but he he's not Gunther Steiner, man. He's not going to do anything. I mean, he's just going to keep doing his current job. There's no reason for there to be any change other than the fact that there's no figurehead leadership. Yeah, I just – it's an interesting one because, yeah, they've not performed. But, again, kind of like uh, what I thought about uh, what I said earlier on, just kind of like the budget thing. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a chance. Like, they have a chance to do something, like, in the future, I hope. I hope they're good because there's nothing good for can... American – they're not racing. really American. That's the problem. I know, but like there's how it is like quote unquote America's team. Yeah. Like still like you can't have the, got, the word the worst team and then the worst driver both be American. You they've can't got really have such that. a the thing is they have such a nice facility in Charlotte that they barely use. Like their their facilities in North Carolina are great, but they don't use them at all because they use all of the Ferrari spec stuff. And so Well, there's no reason to use the facilities when you buy 80% of your parts from other teams. Exactly. And so they have they have a place in I think Marinello, which is right near Ferrari where they do all their engine development stuff. And then they have a place in Britain and then it's weird. The team was already so spread out across so many different locations. Like Gunther was running the team in the off season from Charlotte. But yeah. most of the technical work was being done overseas. He got a nice house though, but Yeah, he does have a nice Lake house. Lake Norman. So Lake Norman's beautiful. It is. But yeah. Go. But yeah, that is gonna do it for our first segment of the show. When we come back, we got some more to talk about in the World Formula One. Might go back a little bit more and talk about this. And then later we're gonna be talking about all the other stuff that's going on in Formula One. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to the Smoothest Operators Podcast. It's your good friend, Ben. And um, got something to say. Yeah, it's got stuff to say, everybody. I do. Um, Mercedes is making big promises, and I don't think they can back it up. And I'll tell you why, right? So Mercedes has announced that they're going to change, quote, almost all of their components from the car versus last year. Obviously, the engine and gearbox aside, those are frozen under the power unit freeze. Um, but like external aerodynamic components, what you see on the car, they, they promise will be very different. And I think that they'll do that. But they say that that's going to let them take the fight to the, to the Red Bulls. And that's the issue that I draw. As much as I would like for them to, I just don't see going anywhere. And let me tell you, when you start from scratch on a thing that you've worked on for two years and you think that you're just going to be putting out the same level of quality, like let's say you're making a painting, right? You're a master painter and you are competing for a contract with another master painter and you have five years to do it, right? The master painter has that you're competing against has done an excellent job for three of those five years. The first two years you were ahead, but then they changed the painting. They want a new painting. And then, you know, after, after one year where they, they, they are promised the contract the next year, 
you think that you're going to come back with something revolutionary. It's unlike anybody's ever seen before. And guess what? It's not as good as the classic and the tried and true. I mean, red. The this is not a perfect analogy because the Red Bull in 2022 was head and shoulders above the rest of the competition, and that domination, domination continued into 2023 and probably into 2024. But that said, Mercedes is is out here trying to start from scratch two years into new regulations, which is, in my opinion, I mean, the way this rule set has gone is way too late. Um, and they're, they're not going to see any results or improvement until 2026, which is when the rules are going to change again, and they're going to be on the back foot for maybe another three, four years. So I think they should have, they should have changed concept sooner, is my opinion. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, But the zero-side pods didn't work. The revamped Imola upgrade didn't quite work as well. It worked some. Like, it was great in Brazil, but then it wasn't in other places. And so, uh, all of that said, I, I really don't think that Mercedes playing catch-up is going to allow them to take the fight to Red Bull. That. That was my little opinion piece. And the other half of that equation, the uh, drivers, I mean, Lewis is not getting any younger, and I think the three of us would agree that George Russell is still a little bit unproven. Um, I think He is a race winner. Well, um, correct, but also – wait, no, wait. Yeah, that's correct. Never mind. I was about to fight you on that, but mm. I decided Please not don't. to. Because um, he would be – because Ben would be right. Ben would be right, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just don't know if the drivers are completely and utterly uh, ready and the best for that 2024 seat, depending on how you set up the car. I think it's they're two of the best, but they're not two that can compete with Max Verstappen. Yeah. And I think Lewis did, and we'll see. I think if, if – George Russell was in the Red Bull and Max was in the Mercedes, they would be able to compete. I got something. Is Do you think, I mean, because I've heard this point brought up a couple of times from Rocket Power Mohawk, but still he makes a good point. <laughs> Mercedes really has not done anything outside, inside the cost cap era. I mean, I know it's been two years, but like still like they were overspending like double what Red Bull and Ferrari were spending. Do you think that has like, it has to have something to do with that where now they're not like, the peak of what it was for that seven years so they won seven consecutive or eight because I can't remember what it was uh, constructors championships but Ben what are your thoughts on that because I, do you think that I think that plays a part I, I think it certainly does and um you know an <laughs> F1 team isn't just two people three people you know your driver team and your principal it's it's a whole organization and the success of that team isn't just it's not just technical and it's not just the driver but I, I agree there's definitely an element of a pairing between the two and the best combo right now is Red Bull and Verstappen I, I really don't think that I mean I don't I don't want to sound like I'm too complimentary here but he really is just that much better than everyone else and the car is just that much better than everyone else and that's been apparent what I haven't seen is you know George Russell winning his debut at a competitive team. 
Though he almost did. You know what? I say that. I take that back. Um, what was it? Uh, let's see. When Lewis was out with COVID, um, they had already won the constructors. Abu Dhabi 2020. Yes. George Russell made his first start in the Mercedes, and he absolutely killed it. He was actually going to get a win, and then a plastic bag got caught in his brake duct, and he had to retire. Um, plastic is bad for race cars, apparently. Yes. Who knew? Um, but anyway, you know, he, he very nearly had the chance to prove himself and could have gotten a great result there. Um, but Max Verstappen won on his debut in Red Bull in a car that was not a Mercedes. And, you know, like, I, I just don't think anybody is as good as he is. And that's just how it is. I, th- I think you also have to do a point where, I mean, they have to change everything. Like, they've not been good. I mean, yeah, it's definitely eating the back of Lewis's head. He's gone two years without a win. One of the greatest top he's top two driver of all time. Yeah. Whether people want to say it or not. But the fact is that, I mean, he's only got three, four, five years left. Yeah. And so he's got these – He's only got a few more shots to try to break Schumacher's record, hmm. or the record he's currently tied with him with. But just that they have, they have will break in two years. <laughs> yeah, but then they they're just throwing everything at it now, because like they know that they can't like kind of waste this opportunity again. Because I mean, yeah, George Russell's going to be good. He's probably going to be the next face. Oh, he's the next face of Mercedes. Whether even if they do replace Lewis. Yeah, it's just gonna because they because he has the ability like we saw it in Brazil in twenty two like he has the ability to race in Formula One especially in a Mercedes but they have to do something with Lewis soon because they have to prove to him I mean I think he's on a what a two year a three year now three a three year like they gotta show him that he that he can compete because he's I mean he's gone in the past every season like they look slow then for most parts he was kind of being lying a little bit but now the last couple of years he's it's been true they've not had, had a chance to figure it out. And I think that has something to do with, like, I think a lot of their people kind of, like, I know a few of their main people went to, like, Aston Martin, I think. I think. Yeah. But I think that has a part to play in it, too. But, like, you got to do it. You got to get it while it's got a chance to be. You got to strike while the iron's hot. I agree. And, you know, another thing, um, while you strike while the iron, when the iron is hot, you know, you also have to heat the anvil by striking it. And that's that's something that Mercedes needs to do. They need to, you know, since they have no momentum right now, I mean, relatively speaking, comparatively speaking, you know, in the light of their past performances, they need to heat up the anvil by getting those results and getting those wins and being competitive again. And I wonder if some of this uh, from Toto Wolf and all them is just because of how bad they looked in that final race. Um, I wonder if they just saw that and were like, this is a bad weekend, this is a bad car, mm-hmm. we got to blow up everything and try to s- strike something. So you th- you think that they're like, we're, we're digging in the wrong spot? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, right last, away. I think that last race kind of left a sour, so much of a sour taste in their mouth that they said we, we have to, mm. you know, um, which I think is an interesting idea. At least they're trying something, trying to fix it instead of just buying random pieces and parts from a Ferrari toolkit and hoping <laughs> it works over at uh, yeah. Haas. Um, Not great. Not ideal. Yeah. So, I mean, I commend them for at least trying. You know, I don't yeah. think it's going to wind up well for the 
for the reasons that we have talked about uh, in this past 15 minutes. But, I mean, I commend the Silver Arrows for trying. Yeah, and I got to say, I I don't really care um, what their car looks like, but can it please be silver again? I really like the silver. So you you just like historic stuff, you know? Maybe you think uh, Ferrari should be red. Yeah, what I'm hearing green. Good. Yeah, I think Ferrari. I think Ferrari's bringing it back should always be red as the primary color and white as the secondary color. If it's a Ferrari Formula One car, it now it doesn't need a secondary color. No, no, no. Red. They they've always been Purple. good with white. White on the wings has been good for Ferrari. Just saying. We just lost our Italian viewership from what I'm saying. Uh, because of Noah's travesty of a statement. Every world championship Ferrari has won has had white on the car as a secondary color. Yeah, the every single one sprayed in Victory Lane. That's where that's where the white came from, brother. No, it came from the Marlboro sponsorship, but and also in the seventies they just did it because it looked good. But you know, anyway. Uh, that said, if it is plain red, I'm not complaining. But the Mercedes, I would love it to be silver again. Um. I think it, it, we might get a very, very different car concept than anybody else from Mercedes, or we could get one that just looks like a Red Bull copy. Um, slim topside pods, you know, that kind of thing. But we'll see. I hope that the development this season, this off season, takes the cars in a very different direction. And you won't. I don't think we'll even know at car launch. Like, when, when Mercedes launches their car, we're not going to know until March what their car is actually going to look like. And yeah. maybe not even then. I was going to say, I don't think anybody is really going to show off, like, what their actual wings and their pods are going to look like. No. I think it's just going to be for deliveries and for the social media clicks. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, that's our end of our discussion on the new Mercedes um uh, everything really and but when we come back we're going to dive into some lists it's about to be time for list season here on smooth operators and we're going to dive into our first one from espn.com so yum don't go anywhere our list is coming up next you're listening to smooth operators on legal Welcome back into Smooth Operators. It is almost time for our third segment as we got ourselves a list. Top 10, top 5, top 15. What is it, Chris? We got all the lists now. It's, we're getting into prime list season. But prime list. Here we go. Top 10 list. Go. The 2023 F1 drivers ranked top 10. We're going to start at 10. This is from Lawrence Edmonton of the F uh, from ESPN.com. We'll go through it. We'll give our opinions on each. But starting off in 10th. He's got Yuki Sonoda. Finished 14th of the championship, 17 points, zero podiums, outqualified his teammate 15 to 7. Maybe. It depends on the rest of his list, but I, I don't think that's right. I I don't think that's right. Well, he did finish 14th. So I think minus four points there for his position off the top 10. I don't know. I'm 10th. He kind of overachieved, but he didn't really over overachieve. That, that car was very bad, though. Yes, and he he did beat all of his teammates. No, I just sent you that on 
I sent the list in the chat. Oh, Scored word, 17 word, word. points, won 15. Oh, he had a 50% qualifying record, 15-7 to seven against his teammates. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. Pretty good. And next in ninth, Oscar Piastri. No. His rookie season, ninth, 97 points, two podiums, qualifying record, 7-15. Disagree. No. In terms of individual performance, I think nobody – came further this season and I think nobody um did more against an experienced teammate than him. Although he did They were pretty bad at the beginning of the year. Yeah, the 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 team made a huge turnaround and he was responsible for some of that too. And when the car was worse, Lando did better, but when the car got better, Oscar seemed to catch up on him a little bit. So I would like you know what? I'll say caveat. Potential rating is much higher than the ninth best driver. So, yeah, uh, I think he could be a little bit higher, but we'll see the list, the list as we go on. So we got so far Yuki in tenth, Oscar in ninth. Next up in eighth, we got George Russell finished eighth, 175 points, two podiums, uh, tied for Lewis directly on qualifying 11 for 11, 11 out of 11. Eighth. Hmm. I mean, not not crazy. I think that's maybe my ninth, and I'd swap him with Piastri. Maybe just I'd because that McLaren that, yeah. car was so much worse than as bad as we talk about the the Mercedes car. It was still top five car while McLaren was driving school bus for most of the season. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The school bus. Um. All right, and next up in seventh, we got Carlos Sainz, seventh in the championship, two hundred points, three podiums. Uh, lost the qualifying battle to Charles Leclerc, seven out of fifteen. The only driver not from Red Bull to win a race last season. Um, um I think this is a, a decent spot for him. I mean, Ferrari was not. I don't think Charles should be above him because he finished above Charles in the. Er, I don't know. That's a tough one because he did win, but still seventh. I mean, he didn't really have the best year. Eh, what do you all uh, think? I don't know. I think I would – seventh is pretty solid for me. I think he should be second, followed by um, not Max Verstappen for first, anybody else for first. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, seven is, in my non-biased heart, probably where he belongs. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting spot. All right, next up, in six, we have Charles Leclerc, finished fifth in the championship, 206 points, six podiums. Beat Carl Sainz on podium, uh, qualifying 15-7. He did kind of turn it around there near the end. Yeah. I don't. He made a lot of unforced errors, though. Yeah, I might swap him and Carlos, honestly. No. You no, I think um, he should be first. You think he should that, be that's first? That's what I believe, yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I think I'm pretty much right on that. Uh, honestly, <laughs> okay. I'd, I'd, I'd go up to fourth. I think that's. Kind of where he was because he was very top material, um, as it says here in the in this article. Um, I, I think uh, he was put down a little bit by his car and by Ferrari strategies. I think he could have won a couple races there uh, that he didn't, and I think uh, he was a lot better than the results showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I don't think you can swap them because of the qualifying head-to-head. 
I know that Carlos won a race, but 15-7 to is just a little bit too much spread out, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, next up on the list in fifth place, now in the top five, Alex Albon, 13th in the championship, 27 points, zero podiums, beat Logan Sargent on every single race, out qualifying him 22-0. to zero. I think that's the only perfect qualifying record on the season. It is. Um, it also is an interesting season because he scored all of the points for his team. So, Except one. Oh, yeah. Logan did win one. Can't be hating on Americans like that, Ben. USA. That's right. USA. Logan did get one. Um, but he scored all but one of the points on a 27 to one point differential. Is pretty crazy. Yeah, I think um, considering he wasn't in the, in the best car, you know, maybe a fifth spot, uh, scoring every single point except for one America. on his team. God bless this uh, United States of America. Um, I think yeah, fifth I think so. is okay. Fifth maybe maybe back one. I think him and Leclerc should probably swap. I think he's in a good spot right here because yeah, that Williams car was not great, but then he made it great himself. Like there was times where that Williams car looked really really good, but yeah. I mean you could tell it by finishing thirteenth. But that Williams team it was, was a, it was good. a peaky car for sure. Mm-hmm. He beat Logan Sargent over a single lap every single. Oh yeah, that's what we just talked about. That's at every single <laughs> race. I'm like that's not true. Uh, but then fourth place, we have Sir Lewis Hamilton, championship position third, 234 points, six podiums, again, dead even qualifying with uh, George Russell, 11 to 11. I would say I agree with him being ranked this many spots above George um, due to his race craft and his race performance. Um, I'd say he's still much more of a professional driver than George is and is able to make up more places in the race than George did. So, yep, agreed. Noah? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree as well. Uh, fourth is a pretty good place for him. You know, I think he um, is a win-off from getting in the top three of top ten drivers this season. I know he finished third, but I think if he wins a race, uh, he would be in the top three. And I agree with you about uh, being in front of George by this many places. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is a, a good spot. I mean, yeah, he did get a few podiums. Got a lot, decent amount of points, actually. Um, but, yeah, those last three races, four races they have, they're talking about him. Not the greatest. Um, but, yeah, I digress. All right, next up in third on the podium now. This would be an interesting one. I want to hear people's thoughts. Lando Norris, championship position sixth, 205 points, seven podiums, 15 to seven out qualifying piastri. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he did great this season. Now, for me, I don't know because they were just so bad at the start. This is the top. Well, it's not about <laughs> it's, it's about drivers here. This is completely. I mean, I individual. guess that's true. But still, I mean, he missed out on pole a few times. He just made a few mistakes there. Where again, the Red Bull was a rocket ship, but. It it feels like it's correct, but not correct. Yeah, that's why I don't understand mm, what yeah. I'm putting down. It just it, it's just so weird thinking about him as the third best driver because of that terrible start, which is a weird thing to think about when you're just trying to separate the driver from the car. Yeah, I think this 
was a good spot for him, but still third team's highest. But yeah, he was good most of the year. And finally, second place, and on the second place getting the silver is Fernando Alonso, fourth place, uh, fourth position in the championship, 206 points, eight podiums, 19 to 3, out qualifying Lance Stroll. And I like this very much. So he, Aston Martin, has never really been anything. And he getting on the podium in his first race with the team after Stroll almost took him out at the first corner just shows that he is one of the best drivers that we need to talk about more in history, even though he has talked about a lot. But this, this way he's just able to kind of get results in any car he's been in, besides maybe a few years of McLaren and some in Alpine. But yeah, not too disagreeable. Uh, not only does he deserve that second spot, I think you can make an argument for number one. I don't think it's the correct argument, but I think that argument is there, and I would listen to it. I wouldn't think you're correct, but I'd at least uh, sit down and talk to you about it and hmm. maybe share a nice game of chess while we do it, maybe share a quick uh, lunch. But, uh, again, everything that you said, Griggs and more, he was absolutely fantastic this season. Um, made, a, made a name for that Aston Martin team, uh, despite being the second driver um, in his contract. Um just absolutely phenomenal from Fernando Alonso. An old man, as one might say. Um, yeah. And finally, of course, number one, Max Verstappen. Don't even need to discuss that. Championship position first, 575 points, 21 podiums. Outqualified his teammates 20-2. to two, His only race where he did not get a podium, I believe. Singapore? Am I correct on that? No, it was... Um... Which race did I can't remember? For, I always get this one messed up. It was uh, Ben. Help. Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Saudi Arabia. Did he come all the way back? What? The only race that Max didn't get a podium in. That uh, Singapore. Won. Yes, there was Singapore. I was right. I told you. Well, I don't believe you. But yeah, Max. Of course. Now the names left off the list are very interesting. No, uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, not interesting. <laughs> not not top very 10. true. Maybe, maybe top thirteen, maybe. I mean, I'd say not so. top ten. Yeah, I don't believe. Yeah, well, especially when we're talking about drivers. I mean, failing to get into Q three a lot of times with that Red Bull, that might that should be fireable for cause. Mm. With no pay, no, <laughs> no pay. two weeks. But yeah, I mean. Just the downfall. Like we were talking about at the beginning of the race. You can go back to that episode. I might go listen to that one later after the after uh, Baku. We thought we had a real championship battle. <laughs> Boy, were we wrong. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was a good first four weeks though. Very interesting with that. Some but, of our predictions did not age very well. Yeah. No. Um. But I also think this is Perez's last year Red Bull. Like I think that's pretty. I think that's a really universal thought among people. Unless he just goes out there and just goes crazy. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if he did that or if he didn't. But it's kind of a neutral scenario there because he's, he's kind of always been like that, Perez has. It's like either either he's, you know, just the, the class of the field in one game or, you know, just yeah. not, mm-hmm. not really productive at all. Not scoring enough points, so mm. I don't know. All right. 
All right, yeah, and with that, we're going to head into our final break. When we come back, there's some news now. We have a new F1 team by name. We'll get more into that later All right, when we come back from the break. Last segment of the show is coming up next. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And we're back, and the stakes are high. I see what you did there, Ben. Uh, and you're about to figure out why. Oh! Um, a little clever answer. Get uh, this man in the studio. Alfa Romeo has undertaken a new and temporary identity. Um, the team, known formerly known as Alfa Romeo Sauber, will now be known as Sauber Steak Racing Team. I'm not even sure what to call them, but their most popular name is Steak currently. I believe that's just what they'll be called. Um, it's it's an interesting interesting name. Um, I'm pretty sure their colors are going to be black and neon green, according to the press release, which is, I think, going to be dreadful. Um, yeah, the name officially this season is Kick Sauber. Kick, not Steak. Sorry. Whoopsies. Uh yeah, so steak was their sponsor last year, but kick is now the you full. Know. Technically not. Well, that's technically just the abbreviating name. What you're going is true. It's the steak F1 team kick sour. What on earth? So is, I'm I'm calling it steak. That's that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. So yeah, they got the gambling platform as their title sponsor, which is very interesting. They're having a temporary name. Like, what is? I'm so confused. Why are you, would you make it a temporary name? Probably because they're not allowed to. Um, which will race, they, as, which will race as stake for the next two seasons. Can they call it a permanent one if their yeah. main title sponsor is a gambling platform? Apparently, well, they're partnering up with Audi in 2026 onwards. So I think they're just doing this until Audi gets into the game. Okay, well, that makes yeah. a lot more That's sense. what I just yeah. read on ESPN. It's not really a permanent sponsorship. It it goes until... It's the cash influx. Yes. But it's just weird. It goes until Audi joins in 2026. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of... Uh, how do I put this? It's kind of underwhelming that their big sponsors or gambling companies i'm nothing against poker or any of that but i mean i've watched some of their online poker game gameplay and it looks pretty rough well they're they're mostly the live blackjack yeah that's that's their big i watched a dealer win in a live blackjack game yeah that 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 happened that <laughs> but it's that's every blackjack game man but it's yeah no the dealer it, the dealer is not it, it the dealer comes from stake or kick or whoever it is and the dealer won <laughs> and so the stake had to give everybody a full refund <laughs> for the game they just bought in and lost well the other thing about this is yeah. um, due to dealer error not due to blackjack rules it's dealer error the other wrong card. Anyway. The other big thing about Stake is uh, they're big partners with Drake, so 
do we see Drake come to Formula One? I don't know if they uh, does F one pick up that hotline bling. Or what? I don't listen to the new Drake songs. That's like the only one I know. Okay. Well that works. Um maybe. You know, we saw all those famous people getting in on Alpine. So it it wouldn't shock me. Not one bit. Yeah, I think this should this be an interesting one. It could be. It could also just not be. I think it'll I think Alpha sorry. Stake is going to be very, very, very um boring. I could see that. But yeah. Who knows? Do we got anything else? We got a little bit of a short show today. Yeah, you know it uh it's hard to do this when there's not any races going on. Man, who, who else do you know who puts out a weekly podcast in the off season? No one. No one doesn't like us. It's time. It's time. Nope. To, it's time to start doing our ideas. Yeah, no, our livery talk. No, getting ready for that, people. It's coming. The first one's coming soon. We'll get to that more next week. But while Noah and Ben are trying to figure out how steak works, I don't even know. Dog, there's so many weird games. They got plinko. They got. Let's see. Let's see. They got how you can play hollow online, brother. This. This is not. It stakes basically just prices right games. Yes, it's just prices right and video poker, I guess. Yeah. And that is who is sponsoring an F one team well, now. Who go. owns a F one team well, now? Epic. I guess well, technically. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's. But yeah. It's a crazy world we live in. When is the smooth operators F one team gonna happen? It's probably gonna be a minute. We are gonna hire so. Gunther Steiner, yeah. and we are going to take back the world. Of Formula One. We are going to make it an all-American sport. All right? We are mm. going to go to... All-American sport. We're going to go to Hawaii. That's going to be one race. The Hawaii Street Race. And it's going to be loads of fun. Wow. It's going to happen, brother. That would be wild. It's going to be awesome. You people, just stay tuned. Stay tuned. As Brian Harson would say. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, just kidding. Um... But, yeah, that is going to do it for this episode of Smooth Operators. If you missed any of today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform a little bit later today. But we'll see you back here same time, same place next week, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. But until next week, for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Grace Blankenberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Have a great weekend, everyone, and more Weagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.